Continue our daily Bible reading on this Tuesday as we go to Isaiah chapter 43. Remember, we just have two more weeks of, of reading through Isaiah, and here we have classic prophetic writing. This is how I want you to do this for today. I want you to read through the entire chapter, go slowly, and then I want you to think about what sense that gives you as you read that. What does that tell you about God? What does God want to do? What, what do we do? What, what do God's people do? And how is God going to react to that? And, and think about it in this sense. We're, we're well into uh, Isaiah, and, and God's people have continued to rebel against God. They, they have not always heard his call to come and to repent, much like us sometimes too. And yet God keeps coming back to them. He is, as some commentators said, the hound of heaven, so you remember how chapter 42 ended where God says, I'm calling you to repent, but you won't repent. But notice how chapter 43 starts out. But here's God's response. Is God going to give up on us when there's one sheep out of 100 that's lost? Is he going to say, I've got 99 and, and I don't care about the one? No, he keeps coming after us. Um, he, he's all about the one. Think of Jesus with the woman at the well. Um, he comes and he meets her, and he doesn't say, hey, you know, I'd rather have a, a congregation of 500 people I could preach to and, and have them all. No, he sees her, and he ministers to her one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, he's doing this all the time. Here's the heart, the gracious heart of God, and his grace always wins. Uh, despite our rebellion, despite our rejection, um, we can take hope in our world today, even where so many are rejecting God and so many are turning away from him, uh, that God is not going to give up on us, um, and he hasn't. So let's kind of take in the chapter then. After you've read it through once now, let's go over it again together. So God says, but now, thus says the Lord, and he always remembers what he's done. He created you, O Jacob. He created us, and he formed us. He formed us in our womb. So he says, don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I bought you back. You ran away from me, but I bought you back. And I know you so well that I call you by name. Look at his promise to deliver. When you pass through the waters, verse 2 says, think about going through the Red Sea. You don't pass through the waters. A, a great ocean drowns you, but yet we pass through. And through the rivers, um, they shall not overwhelm you. Think about it. They cross the Jordan River to go into the promised land. He's going to protect them from the fire of life, too. When you walk through the fire, you won't be burned and the flame won't consume you. But remember who he is. I am, remember again, present tense, not just the past God, not just the future God. He is always present with us. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. Um, the Holy One of Israel were saved, your Savior. I give Egypt, remember how he delivered them from, from the, the Pharaoh in Egypt, um, uh, I, I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba, in exchange for you. In other words, God's going to deliver you. He's going to protect you. Because why? Because you're precious in my eyes and honored. You know, you always think of the Old Testament as all la, la, la. Here's some great gospel, isn't it? What God wants to do. So God says again, verse 5, fear not, for I am with you. And then he promises the people of God at this time, during the time Isaiah was there, had been scattered all over Assyria and Babylon and and um, um, they were they were away from their homeland. What does God say? I haven't forgotten you there. You're not so far away from God that God doesn't know where you're at, and He can't bring you back. And He does. Um, and then He calls to account any other nation, any other false god, any other idol to witness and say, have you done for your people what I have done for my people? That's what verse 8 talks about. Bring out the people who are blind, yet they have eyes. 
Um, all the nations gathered together. Can they declare the same things about their God that we can declare about God? Compare the Christian religion to any other religion known to man, and there is no other religion that has the, the God of that religion send his only son into the world to be one of his creation and die for them. It's unique to Christianity that I tell you something about the faith that we have. And then God says, so you are my witnesses, verse 10. Um, so be that witness, how I've saved you and continue to be my witness to the world. Sounds like the Great Commission about letting our lights shine before others, that they see what we do and give glory to God about being the salt of the earth and a whole bunch of other things in Scripture about that. So thus says the Lord, verse 14, your Redeemer, the Holy One of, of Israel, um, I'm going to send to Babylon. I'm going to bring back your fugitives, he says. I'm going to restore you. Anything we lose on this earth, we get restored uh, multiple times in heaven. We can't really lose anything because it's all God's anyway, and we get what is God's when we get to heaven. What an incredible promise. So God says again in verse 18, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. In other words, I've forgiven your sins, they're past, and I remember them no more. What's God going to do? He's going to do a new thing. And God is always doing new things. He never does an old thing. He never gets old in the way he does it. That's the beauty of heaven, is that heaven is going to be new all the time. You and I can't fathom that, because in this life, Something is new for just a time, and then it gets old. But with God, everything stays new. Remember, he doesn't change. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Wow, what a picture. Um, yeah, um, but yet, look at verse 22. Yet, God's people won't call out to him, and we reject him, and we turn our back on him, and, and we weary God with our sins. Um, and, and so God... Um, uh, God has been burdened with our sins. Um, we wearied him with our, with our iniquities. Um, uh, and I am he, he says, verse 25, who blots out your transgressions from my sight, and I will rem not remember your sins. So even though God offers that to every single human being, some reject that. Thank God for yourself that you've repented and that you've accepted that. And don't take credit for it. That's the work of the Holy Spirit, working faith in your heart. And his promise is that he'll stay with you. So um, the chapter ends with kind of a downer then. God says, therefore, I will profane the princes of the sanctuary. In other words, God's people who are not worshiping him rightly, who are not giving him worship and praise, who are not loving him with all their heart, soul, and mind, and their neighbors, themselves. They will be uh, delivered to utter destruction, and they'll be reviled. So, again, a, a dose of law and gospel here. Um, I want you to see the gracious love of God who continues to reach out on us, the God of the but. <laughs> Our sins are as scarlet, but they shall be white as snow. Um, is all over Scripture, and you got a great example of that here in chapter 43. God bless you as you continue to read.